We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. IB Nation, welcome back to the Irish Breakdown Podcast. A little keys to victory for Notre Dame's game against the Clemson Tigers. They're traveling down to South Carolina. Actually, they're probably already down there in South Carolina. Well, the, ready to, I think uh, they'll probably head out uh, either tonight or tomorrow morning because it's Thursday. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and it's not too, it's not too big of a travel, really. It's yeah. not too huge of a travel. Yeah. So they'll be heading down though. Take out the Clemson Tigers, twelve o'clock noon Eastern time on Saturday. Notre Dame sitting at seven and two on the season. Hopeful to continue their last stretch of the season now, going into bowl game. Hopefully, a New Year's Six bowl berth. There's a lot on stake, obviously, on Notre Dame side of things, on Clemson side of things. Four and four overall record. This is a team that is fighting to get back any momentum that they can down the stretch. I mean, if they come in and lose this football game, we might be talking about a team that's going to be fighting for to even make a bowl game in 2023. So Clemson yeah. has a lot to fight for and just the continuing and finding some progress with this program in the 2023 version. Notre Dame has a lot to play for, obviously, moving forward. We're going to touch base on keys to victory. Notre Dame offensively defensively working against Clemson. There's a couple keys that we're going to get you all started with because it's more of an overarching analysis as far as things that we need to see from the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Of course, we'll talk game predictions at the end. We will talk about game balls. We'll talk about key storylines. We'll hit on a little bit of everything. If you watch our Tuesday show, we kind of give you an outline of some things to watch for Clemson, who they are as a football team, what they do well, where the question marks are for them. Today, we'll go into that a whole lot more and then also talk about some of the key players that you should be eyeing for the Clemson Tigers this weekend. Also going to be a big recruiting weekend. I've gotten some insight to some of the recruits that will be down there to watch Notre Dame that are some key players that Notre Dame is also taking deep dive in and pushing for in the 2025 class. So a lot that's on stake this weekend, Brian, from a recruiting perspective, but more importantly, an on-field perspective this weekend. Notre Dame is going to try to get to 8-2. and and Clemson certainly provides a very interesting matchup this weekend at 12 o'clock Eastern. No, oh, they do. I mean, this is a, you know, I'm going to have something on this either tomorrow or Saturday, Ryan. This is a huge opportunity for Notre Dame. And, and I and I know there are two things that that are masking how big of a game this is. Last year's outcome, which again, I, I we said at the time was, I mean, we said it last year. That wasn't a bit of an anomaly. If you play a week later, I don't know that you get the same outcome. I think Notre Dame still would have won. They were, I think, at that time of the season, they they were a better team. They matched up well against Clemson, but it would have been a much more competitive football game. And the fact that Clemson's four and four, and the reason they're four and four is they've lost two games in overtime, including to a team that currently right now sits in the top four of the college football playoff rankings at yep. Clemson, and they've been a team that's had really bad turnover problems this year. But they're also yep. a team with a great defense. You know, if you look at the Fermo efficiency index, Notre Dame is I mean, think about good Notre Dame's defense has been this year, how we're all talking about how great Al Golden has been. Notre Dame ranks ninth in defensive efficiency on the FEI. Clemson ranks 10th, one spot behind. This is a really, really good defense. This is a really big game. This is a program that has a lot of pride, and they're going to they're going to try to 
come out this week and get get the ship righted. The ship will get righted. I mean, Dabo's not just going to fall off a cliff, right? right? The ship will get righted. They're going to clean up the things that are causing them to lose football games because they're not like I. They're not necessarily just getting dominated, right? Like they got outplayed by NC State, they got outplayed by Duke, but they had chances in both games. You know, don't fumble the ball. Uh, they're I think seventh in college football in red zone trips. I mean, so so like they're getting into scoring zone. They're just really bad at scoring once they get there. So yep. you've got to make sure all the things that have kept them from being successful continue for at least one more week, right? That's going to be the big thing for Notre Dame. But that's also what makes Clemson dangerous, Ryan, because this isn't just a team with no talent that you can just kind of go out there and just, you know, like the Duke game where they kick your butt for four quarters and you just happen to have better players so you're able to make some plays at the end. Right. That that won't happen this game. So it's going to be a big test for Notre Dame. It's a, it's a great opportunity for the offense to show itself. It's a great opportunity for the defense to continue. Look, sometimes the battle isn't just us versus your offense. Sometimes the battle is we want to show the college football world that we're actually the better defense, right? Sure. Like that's all part of it. So there's just a lot at stake for Notre Dame this weekend. And as we said the other day, Ryan, 9-3 nine, nine looks a whole lot different than 10-2. and two. It, it just does. does. And yeah. – this is, you know, you, you you can't get to 10 to 2 without winning this football game. So it's it's a big opportunity for Notre Dame. And, you know, we'll dive into the keys to the game. As you mentioned, we'll do game predictions, we'll do a mailbag. But at the end of the day, man, this is this is about Notre Dame going out and saying, we are one of the best teams in college football. Yeah, I know we had a bad game at Louisville. I get that, but we're one of the best teams in college football. And if you are that team, you've got to show it in a game like this. This is your opportunity right. to kind of show the world, hey. We're really, really flipping good outside of a, a, a bad half, I would even say, of football this year. We're a really good football team. And a really good football team, to me, goes on the road and wins this game. I'm not saying you have to smack Clemson because that's not something anyone has really done this year, even right. Duke. You know, we talked about it. Clemson has the ball at the one-yard line, first and goal, with a chance to take a lead in the fourth quarter. That game was a lot yeah. more competitive than the score. Clemson outgained uh, Duke in that game. Notre Dame has to be able to come out and show that they're the better team. And we talked about all the ramifications of what that would mean. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, I mean, Notre Dame has been at their best, a much more dominant football team in 2023 than Clemson has. I mean, Clemson's been for the most part, a very competitive and tough football team, you know, in, in most games. 
outside of the NC State game that got away from them a little bit, and you mentioned that Duke game. I mean, they were they were a, a couple plays away from beating Florida State. They're losing some games kind of in the fourth quarter, late stages, one-score football games. It's still a very competitive football team because at the baseline of everything, they have a very good head coach. And they have a lot of talent still. I mean, if we fast forward to the 2024 NFL draft, I think some people are going to look at some of the players drafted on Clemson and be like, oh, man, they have more talent than I thought they did. Like, you know, when when, when guys like Barrett Carter are drafted and Nate Wiggins goes in the first round and Will Shipley gets picked, and you're going to be like, huh, they, they might have been a little more talented than maybe I gave them credit for going into that game because they just weren't clicking and they were struggling yeah. in certain capacities, obviously. Yeah. So. It's a much better team than people think. Much more talented team, I should say, than people think. Because right now, Ryan, you know, I, I would assume that you agree with me on the following statements. And if you don't, you can say so. Nate Wiggins, you talked about, it's a guy that's probably going to get drafted. I believe Sheridan Jones is out of eligibility. I think he's a guy that gets drafted. Maybe not, you know, awesome. day one, day two. But Tyler Davis, as long as the medicals check out, yeah. will get drafted. Get drafted. Rook, yeah. Rook's going to have a chance to get drafted. Top you mentioned player. Eric yep. Carter. Right, he's mm-hmm. going to get drafted. If Andrew yep. Makuba goes pro, he probably gets drafted. Now, I'm not drafted. saying all these guys are first round picks, but the point is, there's a lot of guys in this football team that are NFL players, and yep. and and they just they have found ways to beat themselves this year. And well, you, Notre well, you Dame just, has to make just, sure that that continues. You you just mentioned because Dane Brugler over the at the Athletic is, in my opinion, the best draft analyst out there, and he has a lot of great intel, obviously, from the NFL. Besides you, you of course. Oh, I appreciate you so much. <laughs> but he had two players in his top forty updated big board, which again is is based upon feedback he's getting from the NFL. Both Nate Wiggins and Rucaroro were both in that top forty overall players. So yeah, man, they're gonna have some guys drafted. They're gonna have some guys drafted a little bit earlier than people anticipate. And so Notre Dame is going to have to bring the raid game and right. Duke and uh, Duke Clemson has shown that they are a team that can be physical with you. They can keep games close, obviously for the most part, and that they, they are a dangerous football team when they're not shooting themselves in the foots, which yeah, that's been they, a big they issue were, with them. They remind me so much of last year's Notre Dame team. They really do yeah. young offensive line mixed in with some veterans you know Notre Dame had true sophomores at tackle last year right now Clemson's playing two true sophomores at tackle you know uh just and and it was a team where you're like how does that team do that to North Carolina and that to Clemson and that to Syracuse and lose to Marshall and and lose to Stanford and barely beat Cal right like it's it's There's a lot of similarities there. They have a lot of youth, just like Notre Dame did last year. And that youth results in some days you're just not locked in and focused like a more veteran team, which Notre Dame is, will be. Uh, sometimes when you're young, you make big mistakes and bad mistakes. And and we talked about it's not just the turnovers that are killing uh, Clemson this year. It's when those turnovers are happening. You right. know what I mean? They fumbled, what, three times at the one-yard line this year, I believe? At least twice, right. Miami and and, and – um, in Duke for sure. And I believe they had another one against Miami that was deep in Miami territory. So it's, 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 they're a team that they're just not out there. It's, this isn't like 2007 Notre Dame where they're just terrible and young and just getting their brains beat in every week. So, and I'm not trying to spin this, like this is some great team. I think if Clemson was, could eliminate the turnovers, they're probably six and two, seven and one. I do believe that, Uh, you know, six and two at worst. So you've got to be prepared to go play well. And Notre Dame also has to prove, Ryan, they can go on the road and yep. be sharp and handle yep. the crowd and be the more physical team and and dominate. Because let's be honest, they've played what? Two true road games this season? Three true road games this season? They didn't play well in two of those three. And then the other one, it took them about a quarter and a half and a rain delay to finally get going, yep. right? The NC State game. So you've got a lot to prove as well as a football team that, hey, we're not just, a, you know, home front runners. You know, we'll, right. we'll take this party anywhere. And Notre yeah. Dame has a lot to prove. And I think there's, you know, as, as, as we dive into the keys to the game, Ryan, I think there's two overarching team, right, that things are going to be – that are going to matter in all three phases of the game that are keys that we're going to discuss now. And, and the first one, Ryan, and, and we've both talked about it, the turnover battle. If you can't force – and you said this to me before the show, and is Notre Dame has to continue doing to Clemson what everyone else has done, which is get 
the football, and the Notre Dame offense cannot afford to give that Clemson offense short fields and cheap points. So the turnover battle, offense, defense, special teams, I think of the 2015 game, you know, where Notre Dame comes out and they fumble the opening kickoff of the second half and Clemson yeah. goes down and, and scores. You know, you, you can't you can't have those mistakes. I think of Notre Dame's down 7 nothing. They get the ball against Clemson in 2015, and Tyler Newsom shanks a punt, gives Clemson the ball like the 25, 30-yard line. You can't have those kind of mistakes in, in, in any of the phases of the game, and that's why that's an, a, just an overarching key. The turnover battle is going to be huge in this football game. Well, why has Notre Dame's defense been so good the last few weeks? I think the last two, especially, you look and say – they forced nine turnovers, right? Yeah. I mean, they forced five against USC. They forced four interceptions against Pittsburgh. I mean, they have been incredible with turning the football over. You look at that point against the Clemson offense and you say, that team is one of the worst turnover teams in the country. And they have done it in some ba really bad situations. You have a quarterback that, although he's only thrown five interceptions, you know that if you watch the film, like he's fumbling the ball over the place. You have good running backs, but guys like Phil Moffa have coughed the ball up on the on the turf, you know, during this season. So they have had a major issue with that, which is I think is a big reason why not only have you stunted the offense's growth for Clemson, but also why is the point per game total so high for a Clemson defense that is statistically so great everywhere? It's because you keep giving them short fields and you keep putting them in bad situations. You keep putting them on the field when all is said and done, right? So I think that that is going to be a massive conversation on all sides of things, which I think is why it's overarching because Notre Dame has mostly been pretty good with not turning the football over. Mm -hmm. I know Sam Hartman threw two interceptions last week, but he's only got five in nine games, right? So it's yeah. not like he's turned the ball over a ton. So I, yeah. I do think that that's going to be the difference because I look at this game and I say, it has a potential to be a defensive lower scoring game potentially. And in those types of games where there's not much separation between two teams, that's the difference, right? The turnover battle, giving the team a short field, giving them one less possession, forcing teams into bad situations, playing the, 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 the um, the time management conversation and the field position battle. And you have the potential to put a team into a lot of bad situations if they're turning the football over. And I think that that could be the separator for a, for two teams that have at times struggled offensively Clemson more than Notre Dame, but Notre Dame has obviously had their struggles at games this season. And at a lot of moments where their offense is not playing up to the standard that the defense has been playing up to. So in that conversation of two inconsistent offenses against two very good defenses, I think the turnover battle could be the, the fi defining yeah. difference between one team winning and one team losing. I think that could be that type of game this week. Yeah, agree. And we've seen that play out, Ryan, in this, in this, in this specific matchup. That has been huge. That has been a huge part of, the, of these games. I mean, I think back to 2015, I already talked about it. Notre Dame turns the ball over inside the five against Clemson. You, you People forget that, the Chris Brown fumble against Clemson when they were driving. You think of the fumbled kickoff, and then it required a Cole Luke interception to stop another fumble from turning yeah. into a, a touchdown. And so people forget, yeah, you had a chance to win it, but Clemson was an interception in the end zone by Cole Luke away from blowing that game wide open in their favor, right? I think to the 2018 game, Notre Dame's you know, first defensive drive, they just rip. I mean, they're just Trevor Lawrence is running for his life. They punt, learning this about midfield. Ian Book gets sacked, fumbles. Clemson gets the ball at midfield, goes down and gets a field goal, right? I mean, they're, they're just, we've seen these things play out. 2020, you know, Notre Dame's on the verge of, well, first of all, two turnovers by Jeremiah Wusukoromoa allowed Notre Dame to build a 10-point lead. A, a turnover by Ian Book prevents Notre Dame from blowing that game open. You turn the ball over, that allows Clemson to get back in the game, right? So we've seen this time and time again, Ryan, with this football team and in this particular matchup. And last year's game is a perfect example. Notre Dame didn't just come out and just, you know, score 35 off of offensive points and run Clemson off the field like Clemson did to Notre Dame in 2020 in the ACC title game. That was a game where the Notre Dame offense really wasn't doing a whole lot in that game, to be honest with you. It was a blocked punt and turnovers. That yeah. really broke that game open. It was a 14-0 game in the fourth quarter. And and well, third quarter, late third quarter. And then Notre Dame's able to break it open with the, the first interception by Benjamin Morrison that gave him a I looked it up as a 14-yard field. I kept saying 12 or 13 as a 14-yard field. 
and then you had the pick six by Benjamin Morrison. You take those away, Clemson scores in there to make it 21-14, and all of a sudden, they're another stop against their name away from making that a ball game, right? So this has been a huge part of this particular rivalry, Ryan, and it's even more, like you said, it's in a game where you've got two great defenses and two offenses that have been up and down. Yep. The one that can do the best job of protecting the football is going to give its its team a, a good chance to win this football game. Now, there's more to it than that. And and one other thing, too, Ryan, I will say this. A big issue for Notre Dame and its last two road games is they were not the most physical football team on the day. Now, I don't know that I'd say Louisville was more physical than Notre Dame, but I know Notre Dame wasn't more physical than Louisville. It was a bit of a wash. Duke was yeah. definitely more physical than Notre Dame. Now, this isn't saying the Notre Dame kids didn't play hard and all that. It's just saying they got out physical by Duke. The second key for me that's team-wide, offense, defense, special teams, you've got to be the aggressors. You've got to be the right. bad boys. You've got to be the ones that say to Clemson, y'all are going to be fine, but it ain't gonna. you're, you're going to get this thing turned around. It ain't today. And right. to me, turnovers and being the most physical football team in the field in all phases of the game – is going to be another big key to Notre Dame winning this football game and, and and making a statement early that hey guys, you know, this just isn't your day. Well, we we always talk about philosophy, right? And Notre Dame's philosophy is being built inside and out, being strong up front, and being that aggressor. And when that's your identity, if you're not, if it doesn't come to fruition, then that causes a lot of uncertainty and a lot of uncertainty, not only in your minds, but on the scoreboard more often than not. So foundationally, that's how Notre Dame is built. That's how they need to play. That's how they need to, to dominate a, a football game. That's how they need to play. And also I would say it too, like this, Brian, like the, the big thing about physicality for me is that physicality. So if Notre Dame plays against Clemson, where it's a wash, Clemson plays physically, Notre Dame plays physically. It's just a really good stalemate back and forth. Or Clemson out physicals you. That is where highlight where skill gets highlighted more than obviously like that becomes kind of the dif differentiator in a football game. And Clemson has skill, guys. They do. They have a couple very good running backs. Defensively, they have one outstanding corner and another good corner. They have some linebackers that can run, like Barrett Carter. They have some skill that can hurt you if you let it. But how do you stop that skill? By dominating Tyler Davis, Ruka Roro, so that Barrett Carter cannot run sideline to sideline where he gets caught in the wash and he has to play through right. contact and be able to stack and shed at the point of attack. You have to be able to counteract a Will Shipley behind the line of scrimmage if he's able to play. How do you do that? Howard Cross, Riley Mills are more aggressive and better football players than what Clemson has on the interior. Or you're able to set the edge against Barrett Miller, who is a talented offensive tackle, but if you punch him in the mouth, becomes a lot less talented if he's playing yeah. on his heels a lot during this football game. Because he's still so, young. I mean, yeah. him and Colin Sadler are big, tough kids, but they're still young. And and that just that means experience, but it also means they're not in year five of a strength program. Right. Exactly. And and I will say this too, Ryan. The, the move of putting Tristan Lee to guard immediately made that line look different, in my opinion, because the the Mays kid was was the really big weak spot in that offensive line. So does yep. this this can't be the game that the offensive line puts it together? I mean, it just and, and I think you nailed it at the very beginning, Ryan. This is who Marcus Freeman says this program is going to be. And you yep. win games like this by by thriving at your identity. And that's what Notre Dame's identity is. And again, physicality isn't just come out and run the football for 280 yards and, and hold them and make them rush for minus 20. Physicality is your receivers. First drive on the road against Louisville, you throw a jump ball, not a great ball, but your receiver just completely gets pushed out of the way and the cornerback makes the play, right? I mean, it's, it's your blocking on the perimeter. If you can make one block with your receiver against their safety, you've got a 15, 20-yard gain. Instead, the safety just tosses your receiver aside and goes and makes the play. Physicality is an 11-man thing. And that's one of the things that really, like, to me, we're still, I say it all year, and we're going to keep saying it, we're still learning about Marcus Freeman as a head football coach and what he can get his team to be. And this was yep. one of the things about last week's game, right? Because the one thing we said, Pitt is going to bring it. And Notre Dame out-physicaled Pitt. 
I mean, Perfect. really out. I mean, and it, but it wasn't just the line. And I would argue the dominance physic physically of the receivers was more than even the line versus the line. I mean, the receivers physically dominated Pitt in that game in the run how about, game. How about Chris? How about Chris Tyree on that punt return, man? That exactly. wasn't all about speed. That was physicality exactly. and ability to break tackles. Exactly. exactly. And yep. and to me, that's where okay. That's got to be who you are. It can't just be this is who you were against USC and Pitt. So we've sure. seen this trend in the right direction since Louisville. We've just got to make sure that it wasn't an anomaly, and this is just who Notre Dame is. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think it's said perfectly, and and because Clemson is also like they've had skill in the past, right? Like you've mentioned the times of T. Higgins and Justin Ross, and before that, the Mike Williams of the world. And no, I mean, Clemson's had skill. But Clemson has also been built off of with the best Clemson teams in the world were led by their defensive line, right? And the ability to really dominate there, the Christian Wilkins of the world, the Xavier Thomases as a freshman, the Cleveland Farrells, the really good uh, Kevin Dodd, who was drafted in the second round by the Carolina Panthers. Like they have, when they've been their best, Dexter Lawrence, when they've been their best, it's been that they are more physically demanding and aggressive than you yeah. are as well. So if Notre Dame's able to win a battle like that against Clemson, I also think that's a shock to their identity a little bit, yeah. right? Because right now Clemson, they don't have the playmakers outside that they have in the past offensively, for instance. They don't have those types of guys. They're still a team that defensively is built off of. You have Tyler Davis. You have Rook. You have a pretty solid edge. I mean, Tim Murray and Parker is going to be a stud someday, guys. I mean, he's already very already good, pretty good as a true freshman. <laughs> Same with Peter Woods. Peter Woods is going to be yeah. the next interior star for Clemson, in my opinion. Yes. Agree with you. So you're you're still built that way, man, and Clemson's still built that way. So if Notre Dame is able to, to out-physical Clemson, not only are you playing into your own identity and becoming more confident, you also shock the system of Clemson and be like, dang, man. That's why Notre Dame won last year. That's why they won last year. It was the fact of, because you threw for 90 yards last year, a little less than 90 yards offensively. You won last year because Notre Dame was more physical than Clemson, and Clemson was like, dang, we don't have an answer for that. We don't have an answer because that's how we're built too. That's how we are as well. Do you want to hear something crazy? In the Notre Dame-Clemson game twice, in the matchup since 2015, twice a team has thrown for under 100 yards in this matchup. Both teams won. It's crazy. Clemson in 2015, Notre Dame in 2022. Why? As good as that Notre Dame offensive line was in 2015, on that day, Shaq Lawson, that group, beat them up. They were the more physical unit across the board. And same thing in, in 2018. Notre Dame lost the battle in the trenches. Now they held their own, but you can't hold your own against Clemson when you're a, a team that's built the, on the lines. 2020 right. in the regular season, Notre Dame's offensive line and defensive line dominated that game. In the ACC title game, they did not. Last year, Notre Dame dominated in the trenches. So it's just, it's just this is how this game has gone. So this isn't just theoretical and in playing the Notre Dame's identity, which is key number one. But the second part sure. is the team that has been more physical has primarily won these games. Yep. And, and, you know, and so that's going to be a, a big part of it. And sp- speaking of physicality, I also forgot to mention Luke Talich's dad sent me the video of Luke just pancaking a guy on Chris Tyree's punt return. Right. But like, those are all parts of it. Like it becomes a mentality where I want to be the guy to deliver the big hit. I want to be the guy, you know, that makes the big stop. And it just becomes a team. I want to be the guy that makes that dominant, dominant block to open a guy You're open. I mean, Rico Flores says, I've seen Rico celebrate harder on some of his blocks than I've seen him celebrate after catching a touchdown against Ohio State. Like that's the mindset you want from your kids, right? Like Tobias Merriweather, I've seen Tobias Merriweather in games where the ball never comes his direction, and yet he's blocking his butt off down the field. That's a mindset that you have to have as a football team, and these are games where it has to be at its peak. So those yep. are so those are some of the big picture keys for Notre Dame in this game. I- yeah, I mean, I even think of Nolan Ziegler posting that clip on Twitter where he absolutely decletes that kid on kickoff return, right? Where it's just like, yep, that's what they're built off of. So, yep, those are the two keys that we want to see. Again, a little bit more overarching. Offensively, Brian, as we get into this, and it should be no surprise here because this is our first key every single week because it matters so much. It's a foundational thing. Notre Dame needs to start fast in this football game. And I, I love this key every week. Because it's different for every single game and it's different for it's important for different reasons every single game. But I think last week 
you finally started to see Notre Dame's offense start to get a little bit of their mojo back, right? They, they're starting to get a, moving the football consistently, had a couple bad turnovers, but we're still able to score 38 points of, of offensive production against a, a pretty good pit team, a team that was ranked pretty highly coming into that football game. Notre Dame, I think, is starting to feel a little bit better about themselves offensively. You start to see some wide receivers make plays. Rico Flores had a big play. Tobias Merriweather had a big play. You're starting to get a little bit more healthy at wide receiver over the last couple weeks. Notre Dame, I think, offensively really needs to start fast because you're playing against good defense. So these kids know that coming into this football game, right? Like, you know that Nate Wiggins is a good player. You know Barrett Carter is a good player. You know Tyler Dick. You know all the names. But if Notre Dame is able to come out and just be a little bit of the aggressor and start off fast, I really think that's going to be a huge shot to their confidence after a week after getting things seemingly back on track against Pitt. Well, the important thing for the Pitt game, right, to me was, that, number one, they didn't start fast because of the turnovers. But they did some things where I believe you could say to them, hey, guys, we're two mistakes away from this being a 21 to nothing ball game right? Like settle down, execute, go do your job. And after that, they pretty much did, but it was against a better defense and they've done, they, they haven't had this kind of success against good defenses this year. And, and Pitt's a good defense. They're not on the level of Duke and Ohio state and Clemson, but at least it was a step in the right direction, but it's even more important this week, Ryan, because I'm telling you right now that Clemson crowd is going to be fired up. They're going to rally around Dabo. I'm telling you, they're going to rally around Dabo and that team. I mean, I can just listen to Dabo in his press conference this week, and he's just riling people up. I mean, it's just, you know, all the things we've done, and you got to support these kids and all this other kind of stuff. And they're going to respond well to that, in my opinion. And yeah. the more they make stops against the Notre Dame offense and give their offense chances to score, the louder it's going to be. But more importantly, because crowd noise, I mean, if, you know, look, if, if Notre Dame had to play Central Michigan at Central Michigan and that crowd was as loud as it's ever been, Notre Dame's still winning by 20-plus points. I mean, it just they're a better team. But this Clemson team is young and, lack, young and lacking confidence, especially on offense. And so when you look at the Notre Dame offense, they've got to take that – they've got to come out and put early points on the board and put pressure on that young offense, put pressure on – Cade Klubnik to go out there and make plays, put pressure on Tyler Brown and the receivers to go out there and make plays and the young offensive linemen to give them time and open up run lanes because, guys, we can't keep falling behind this team because they're a team that relies on their defense just like Notre Dame relies on their defense. Notre Dame is a more experienced group. They can kind of handle, you know, you'd, you'd think they can kind of handle a little bit more falling behind, which we saw them do. They fell behind Ohio State 10-0. What did Notre Dame do? Next two drives, boom, boom, touchdown, touchdown, right? This Clemson team will press. When they get behind, they will press. Because if you look at a lot of their losses, Ryan, they haven't like charged from behind and, and almost won. They were ahead and then lost. They were beating Miami. They were beating Florida State, right? Duke was basically an even game. You can't let this team get confidence early. Florida State let them get confidence early. And they were like, hey, we're pretty good. We are still Clemson. And then that resulted in them being able to move the ball pretty well against Florida State. And so to me, the offense starting fast not only instills confidence in them, which is very important, as you mentioned, Ryan, but it saps confidence from the offense at Clemson. Because when you're struggling and you know you can rely on the other side of the ball and that side of the ball is struggling, you, I don't think people understand that is not normal pressure. That's advanced pressure because now you're like, shoot, we can't rely on them to keep us in this game. Now we've got to go out and carry the team. And they haven't done that all year. They did that once. Right. What, Charleston Southern? Right? You know what I mean? In Florida Atlantic. So it's big time pressure that you put on them if you can come out and get early points on your early possessions. It's huge for this Notre Dame football team to have early success on offense. Huge. I mean, Clemson's only averaging about 28 points per game, and they've been a very below average offense so far this year. So I agree. I mean, if you are a, if Notre Dame offensively is able to come out and say, like, hey, Clemson offense, you're going to have to score a little bit today, man. You're going to have to move the ball consistently. I think some of the defensive players from Clemson are, are they're going to pucker a little bit and be like, mm, this, this, this might be a little tough here, man. And then you're mm -hmm. also, because you mentioned it, there's a lot of youth on this offense. I mean, you're talking about a, 
sophomore quarterback that is still relatively new. You're talking about a bunch of young wide receivers, a pretty young offensive line overall as well. Yeah. And you're you're going to put them in a position where if they have to try to carry the weight because the defense is struggling a little bit against Notre Dame, who's off to a fast start, then things could get – I mean, like – that's how, roll, That's how you roll, Ryan. That's how you roll for Notre Dame. Yeah. Right. That's how you roll. That's what helped them against USC because yep. they turned those early opportunities into points. And that put a little pressure on USC's offense. Hey, we now got to go make some plays. And then that started to snowball as they pressed more and more and more. You know, does Caleb Williams make the plays he's making on the picks as picks if they're up 10 to three instead of losing 10 to three and 17 to three? I, I don't know. But I do know that he clearly felt rattled and pressured that he had to go put the team on his shoulders early. And if Caleb Williams wasn't able to do that, well, I'm pretty sure Cade Klubik's not there yet. I mean, Dabo said in his press conference, he goes, I think the kid's going to be a star. He's not yet. And I, I tend to agree with him, actually. I think the kid's going to be a great college quarterback. I don't know what kind of pro guy he is. He's smaller and all that. But, like, for a college quarterback, I mean, he has a chance to be a great college quarterback, very much in, like, the Colt McCoy type of career trajectory, where Colt struggled a little bit at times early in his career and then eventually became a star. You know, and and you just got to make sure it's not this week. And the reality right. is, is if you start early, I just don't see him having the skill around him to to get it to get it done. In my opinion, so starting fast is clear is clear number one. It's only a kick, a jump, a block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Key number two, Ryan, and this this is important. This kind of ties into what we discussed big picture. Notre Dame's got to establish line of scrimmage, and that's not just running the football. Like we didn't say, hey, they got to establish the run game. No, you've got to win at the line of scrimmage in all phases because I'll say it in two ways, Ryan. Number one, if Notre Dame can't run a football against Clemson, it's going to be much tougher to win. And number two, I believe that Notre Dame can find openings in the pass game against them if you can protect the quarterback. Now, Clemson's not racking up sacks at the rate they have in the past, but they still put good pressure on the quarterback, and I pointed this out yesterday. Their pressure rate per game is about the same as Notre Dame's. Their hits on the quarterback per game is about the same as Notre Dame's. And so you've got to win at the line of scrimmage in all phases, Ryan, because if Sam Hartman gets time, I believe he will have success in this game. I believe the tight ends yeah. and the running backs and the receivers, there are matchups that can allow them to win some 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 battles in this game if you can protect the quarterback. First half against uh, Clemson, Florida State couldn't protect the quarterback, and they struggled moving the football. But as the game wore on, they started to find way – they were doing a better and better job of giving Jordan Travis time, and that's when he started to open things up. Notre Dame is going to have to establish line of scrimmage, Ryan, in, in, in all phases of the game. If they can't, this is going to be a, a, I think, an ugly low-scoring game that Clemson will have a shot to win at the end. If they if they dominate in the trenches, the Notre Dame will win this game convincingly because I have more faith that Notre Dame has the skill to make big plays against Clemson that they lacked last year in this matchup. Right, right. Well, I, I would say it like this too: is that the Notre Dame? I'm just strictly talking Notre Dame offensive line versus Clemson defensive line battle. I think that there's it's a very interesting battle because. I think that Clemson, although I think I already mentioned this, Tamarian Parker for me is going to be a superstar eventually for Clemson mm-hmm. at defensive end. I think he's already he's going to be a freshman All-American this year, and he's going to be probably an All-American in a year or two. Like he's that oh. talented of a football player. But as a true freshman, you like the battle of Joe Alt and Blake Fisher versus him as far as they should be able to limit his impact. You should be able to have, oh. potentially win that battle pretty consistently and the rest of the defensive ends outside of Tamari Parker are good players not great players but they're they're good you know they're good solid edge players and I think that Notre Dame but Notre Dame 
them, I think, offensive tackle-wise, should be able to limit the impact of the edge. The interior offensive line versus the interior defensive line of Clemson, that's a completely different conversation. Mm -hmm. That is a completely different battle because on paper, Clemson should win that one pretty consistently. But I would have said the same thing last year when you have Brian Brissett and Tyler Davis and Ruka And I would have said the like, same thing against Ohio State. Yeah. Right? And Yeah. I mean, on paper, Clemson with Davis and Rook and Peter Woods, that should be a win for them versus Zeke Carell. Pat Coogan and Rocco Spindler. That should be a win. But if it's not, then you take the legs from underneath of Clemson defensively because that is it. Because let's be honest, the defensive coordinator who's doing a good job there this year, he's coming into that game and saying, my defensive line can win against Notre Dame. And you're kind of mm -hmm. in the back of your mind saying, that's a place that we're going to win. And if you're not able to win, then that puts a lot of pressure on the rest of your defense if you can't establish the line of scrimmage. That means that Barrett Carter and Jeremiah Trotter Jr. are going to have to do things a little bit differently than they typically do, maybe some stuff that's out of their comfort zone. The corners and the safeties are maybe going to have to make up for some shortcomings in certain situations. Maybe you're going to have to sneak a safety down in the box because Notre Dame is getting a consistent push at the line of scrimmage in the run game. Right. Maybe you're going to have to generate pressure from the second level more than you would typically want to because you're not getting a push as a pass rusher against Notre Dame's offensive line. My eyes are going to be glued and fixated. And I know everyone's eyes want to go to Joe Alt because he is now, he was also number six overall player on Dane Brugler's big board. So he's now generating the buzz that we think he should finally, right? I, I don't know what was taking so long, but it's finally right. there. But all our eyes want to go to Joe Walt because he's a future top 10 overall pick, 6'8", 320, All-American, right? That's where our eyes want to go. For me, I think that the tale of this game is going to be about interior offensive yes. line versus that interior defensive line. Can you win that matchup? Can you do enough to say that you came out as the winner of the offensive yeah. line, line of scrimmage versus the defensive line of Clemson? If you can, then I think Notre Dame wins this game, and they might end up winning convincingly if that is an easy win for them. If they win up the middle, Notre Dame will win this game. I mean, I, I'll say it bluntly. That's that that is the battle you have to win. That's that can be the great equalizer of this game for Clemson. And Clemson is going to trigger their linebackers, but you've got to get to the point where that where where Wes Goodwin thinks he has to trigger them. That's the key. I have to trigger them, or we can't, or we're going to get whooped because they're beating us up the middle. You know, why did Notre Dame run for 176 yards, which was easily the best performance anyone has had against Ohio State this year? Because inside, they played really well. They didn't let those – now, those guys made their fair share of plays, and, and Rook Aroro and Tyler Davis are going to make their fair share of plays. Peter Woods might. Peyton Page might because they have, they have a nice four deep of guys that they kind of cycle through, or two deep on both sides, but four guys that they cycle through there that are all – have all made plays this year. And kind of like Notre Dame, you know, where it's not just Riley Mills and Howard Cross. It's also when he's healthy, Gabriel Rubio's doing well. Jason Onye's had his moments. Donovan Heinish has had his moments when he's gotten on the field. And and so Clemson is very similar. It's not like just when you take the starters off the bench, they're in trouble, right? They cycle guys in and out that can play. And if you can win up the middle, and like you said, Ryan, force Wes Goodwin, I have to blitz now. Because what I've always said, you blitz because you want to, not because you have to. When you have to start blitzing, right. you start getting that's when you get in trouble. Which because that's gonna then you got to bring the safeties down. Now all of a sudden, Notre Dame's play action game, Notre Dame's run game, uh, or I mean uh, perimeter pass game starts having more opportunities. Now you're in situations where, you know, if you can get through that first level of defense, you've got chances for big gains, right? That's right. where it comes from. Because Clemson can be gashed, they don't give up a lot of big plays. But when they start feeling pressured is when they get more vulnerable to it. When they start feeling like we have to go make a play on defense, that's when they get vulnerable to big plays. And Notre right. Dame's going to have to do that. But the key is going to be right up the middle, Ryan. You absolutely nailed it. You've got to win the inside battle between the tackles and, the, and Jeremiah Trotter because he will be triggered in the run game a lot this game. So that's going to be a big key. And it's also true in the pass game. It's, it's equally true in the pass game because of – if Peter Woods and and Rook and Tyler Davis are getting in penetration up the field and Sam can't feel good about planting his feet and letting go of the deep ball, then guess what? They're not going to be able to, to get the pass game rolling. That could yep. eliminate everything Notre Dame wants to get going in this game. And that's why it's yep. imperative that they, again, establish line of scrimmage in every phase of the game because if they can't, 
they're going to have a much harder time scoring. If they do, then I think Notre Dame rolls. I'm just not confident right now that they're going to do that. And when we get to the score predictions, you're going to see that from me. I'm not confident right now that the interior guys can win that battle. Sure. Just because they haven't done it. I mean, you know, Ryan, I'd like to be, you know, people are going to say, well, you know, look what Notre Dame did to Clemson last year. Folks, this is not that team. This is not that line. Notre Dame hasn't played like that once this year. Not once. Have they been that dominant the way that they were last year running the football? I mean, just just look at the numbers, Ryan. They've only run for two – in nine games, Notre Dame has only gone for 180 yards or more three times. They've only gone over 200 yards uh, twice. And all that came within the first four games of the season. In the last five weeks, they're averaging a little over 130 rushing yards per game, right? Whereas last year coming into this game against Clemson, Notre Dame was coming off back-to-back dominant, physically dominant performances in the run game. And they had rushed for at least 223 yards in four of their previous five games, right? We had seen that line at times struggle, but at times be really, really dominant. This line has never been truly dominant. They've had good right. games. They were good against Ohio State. They were good against Central Michigan. They weren't dominant, not the way that last year's line was. So I can't expect them to just come out and do that, which is why you're going to have to be more balanced. But it doesn't mean that you still can't control the action, right? Because you're not just going to be able to line up and bully Clemson like you did last year. You're just not going to. Right. Yep. And that's going to lead to number three, Ryan. Yep, number three, and you kind of hit on it a little bit already, but I think that when you're a defense playing Notre Dame, what do you want to do? You want to condense everything, make everything tight, and make them have to work in tight spaces. That's both in the run game and in the pass game. You want to make windows smaller. You basically want to eliminate the outside receivers against Notre Dame. You want to cycle everything inside. Well, Notre Dame, in order to get this box a little looser, because we've mentioned it already, folks, Tyler Davis is very good. Rook is very good. Tamarian Parker is a freshman phenom that's going to be a really good football player. Barrett Carter is really good. Jeremiah Trotter Jr. is very good. This front seven in general is a very good unit for Clemson. You need to be able, in order to get guys like Jeremiah Trotter Jr. uncomfortable and make them have to play in more space, you got to create some explosive plays in the passing game, man. you got to find ways to win down the field, right? You have to be able to do that because that will, in turn, loosen everything up a little bit. And that's where more run game success happens. That's where more perimeter stuff is just easy, right? Because right now, things aren't easy for Notre Dame enough. Things are very hard at times offensively for Notre Dame. And in order to loosen everything up, to get a little bit more space, bigger passing windows, bigger running lanes, you're going to have to create some plays down the field and create some explosives. You're going to have to do that in this football game. Ryan, when you watch this Clemson defense, the the the, the reality is, is teams allow Clemson's defense to dictate what they do offensively. Notre Dame can't do that. Florida State did that early as well. When Florida State finally said, hey, guys, we got to let it rip. We've got to get the ball downfield. They had success. I mean, I'm going through the stats, Ryan, and there's like three, four, five games in a row where a team doesn't a, a, a complete a single pass beyond 20 yards. And games, they only attempt one or two, right? Because they're basically punked. They're, they're punked by the Clemson front seven the way that Pitt was last week against Notre Dame. The way that Central Michigan was early in the season, if you remember, where the ball was just coming out so quick, like there was no way Notre Dame could get pressures. And they just refused to attack, not just down the field, but even the intermediate zones, the 10 to the ten to 19, right? So Notre Dame is going to have to find ways to get that 15-plus pass game going. They're going to have to be willing to take some shots. They're going to have to be willing to, to do some things schematically to try to free guys open, you know, like kind of like they did against NC State, right? One of the best, you know, calls of that game was, you know, using Tobias over the middle and then bringing – uh, holding Stace right up inside of him on a on a kind of a post snap switch, and he gets free up the up the seam for a big play. They did it again with Mitchell Evans. He he didn't haul in the pass, but like it was there. And then that's the same concept they went to again against Duke, and and Mitchell got open and made the catch on that one. You're gonna have to do some things like that to to get the ball down the field. You can't just come out and say we're gonna dink and dunk all day. And Notre Dame got into that bad habit in my opinion, for weeks. They got into that bad habit against Duke. They took a couple shots early and then went away from it for a while, right? Like they had the seam yeah. route, the post route, and then they got real conservative. They 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 throw the early pick against Louisville, and then it seemed like they were unwilling to take those shots, right? 
you've got to be willing to take those shots. And then the receiver's got to step up and make those plays, which we'll get into here in a minute. But schematically, they're going to have to be some things beyond just one-on-one go routes. That's not going to be what wins all day. I'm not saying don't take those chances, especially if you get to where Clemson brings the safety down and you've got a one-on-one because if Sam Hartman throws it properly, it's a completion or an incompletion. He didn't throw the ball against Louisville very well. Now, Rico did a really poor job fight for the ball, but Sam's got to put that ball further outside as well, right? That's just the reality of it. But you've got to take those shots, and that's what he ripped Clemson up on last year. I mean, he, Him and A.T. Perry ate Nate Wiggins alive last year. Well, guess what? Notre Dame doesn't have an A.T. Perry on this team right now. But that doesn't mean you still don't find ways to get the ball down the field. And I really want to see if they can find ways to get the tight ends. This is going to be a big one, too. Get Jeremiah Trotter and Barrett Carter to flip their hips. That's where you can have success against them. When they're having to flip their hips, which means they're chasing tight ends and running backs vertically, that's where Notre Dame can also open up some opportunities, not just with those particular plays, but the minute they flip their hips and get vertical, there's other things that Notre Dame can kind of bring underneath and do different concepts to beat them. And it's just overall going to slow those guys' mentality down a little bit. You know, if, if first couple, if you can beat Jeremiah Trotter up the field a couple times with your tight end, maybe he's a little bit less, you know, apt to just fly downhill a million miles an hour in a run game. You know, so that factors into it as well. But Notre Dame is going to have to find ways to get the ball downfield and outside. The outside part is important too, right? Because that's something that the, one of the few things they had success with last year for Notre Dame is when they would go to their two back sets and they'd put Chris Tyree outside and just throw him now screens. You remember that? They had like two of those early on. Those are some things too that you've got to spread them width and depth, right? And if they, they're going to have to do that, you can't just be dink and dunk and run your snags all game against Clemson. They'll eat you alive. You've got to soften them up and get the ball downfield and get the ball to the perimeter quickly, get the ball to the perimeter where you can take advantage of the fact that I think Notre Dame's receivers should be able to handle the Clemson corners in the run game and, and screen game. And then, you know, like, I, I, like I'd love to see some 21 personnel this week, Ryan, where you're putting Price and Jeremiah Love outside. You know, if you're going to do – because I think Holden Stace presents some unique opportunities where you can kind of go 21 personnel and almost line up like in a, in a three-by-one, ten personnel with Holden Stace backside and Jeremiah Love and Chris Tyree in the slot and, you know, Jaden Thomas or Jaden Greathouse or Tobias outside. I mean, there's some different things you can do to spread them out because I think that's an important thing too in this game, Ryan, is those deep shots and those down-the-field shots have to come with space. That's right. where teams have been able to, to have success. I don't think you can condense the box against them the way you did last year because you're going to need to throw the ball more. And, and you're just not that team that you were last year. They're just, they're just not, this is not Notre Dame is not the team that went and just ran it all over down Clemson's throat last year. They're not and Clemson's better. in my opinion, schematically this year than they were last year where last year, they just relied on their dudes being better than everybody else this year. There's still that level of trust, but they're doing more to be aggressive and take the fight to teams that I didn't think that they did last year. And so I think Wes Goodwin is right. as a, to me improved in that regard as a defensive coordinator, which is why, I mean, Miami ran for over 200 yards, 80 that came on one play, um, you know, sure. now Notre Dame needs to try to hit some of those because that one play ended up being huge in that game that went into overtime. But I, I just think, I think Notre Dame has some chances to, to, to really hit some big plays in this game, Ryan, if they're able to spread Clemson out vertically and for width while also still putting an emphasis on being physical and running the football. You just, I'm not saying you don't go 12 and 13 personnel. Uh, you, you do. I just don't think they can just do it all game like they did last year. That's that's I don't believe they can. I mean, right. Well, I I think for me it's about keeping a defense off balance and keeping them. They they have to respect the different things that you're throwing at them, and creating some explosive plays and winning outside is, is a part of that respect, right? Because I think Clemson comes in the football game like every team should against Notre Dame right now. That. You're going to beat me outside? I don't believe you. I don't believe you, right? And that goes right into our key number four in the fact that Notre Dame needs some guys to step up this week. I mean, you need your dudes to become dudes this week, and that starts, of course, with the quarterback position of Sam Hartman. We've seen some very up-and-down play, some very good, some troubling over the last few weeks. There's been no doubt about that. We've also seen pass catchers at times show their talent level and then out times be inconsistent. Same thing on the interior offensive line. But, I mean, more than anything, Brian, like Notre Dame has some areas that I feel really good about. 
You know, like I feel good about where the running back room is. Even with Mitchell Evans out, I actually feel very confident that the tight end room is going to be fine. Like, I feel like it's going to be good. Holden Stace and Cooper Flanagan and Eli Raritan, I, I feel like you're going to be good there. But you also still need some guys to step up in that room as well with the departure of Mitchell Evans. But more than anything, man, I think it starts at the quarterback position. It extends to the wide receivers in the passing game. And then, of course, you can put the interior offensive lineman in this bucket as well. Notre Dame needs some guys to step up because it could be schemed as well as you ever want it to be this week for Jared Parker. Jared Parker could call a great football game, but against a team like Clemson that has so many good football players defensively and guys that are going to play in the NFL, at the end of the day, your guys have to make plays when plays are yeah. available. They need to be able to step yeah. up in this football game. Yeah, I you know, like there's there's a comment that was made by Joe Allen, you know, use the unexpected players like Faison and Raritan. And, and 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 that's that's good. I mean, that's fine, but those things tend to be like a play here, a play there. Right? Like this is what I'm more referring to is you've got to step up and, and, and you know and say, "Hey, I'm I'm you're not covering me this game." And it's not just a play here or play there. It's I've got to catch four or five balls in this game for 80 yards. I got to be money on third down. I've got to you know, I've got to step up and make these big plays and it, it's and it's got to be at the clutch times too. Like again, I I talked about this a couple weeks ago. I don't remember Avery Davis catching a single pass before the fourth quarter against Clemson. I don't. But he made three huge ones in the fourth quarter against Clemson. Right? It's it's that too. It's not that I just necessarily from start to finish took over a game, but it's when the team needed me, I went and made a big play. And so there it's got to be all of it. And and it's like you said it starts at quarterback. I don't know yeah. that Notre Dame can have the performance it needs to win this football game or maybe win this football game the way it could and should if Sam Hartman doesn't play well. I don't. Sure. And and I don't know if this football team can win this football game at all, much less the way it should if the wide receivers don't step up and play well. That means being physical in the run game, that means being physical as route runners. It means competing for the football and not making the mistakes that have cost them in the past. I mean, you you can't afford to not not bend your route inside on the backside seam and result in a pick in the red zone against Clemson like you did against Pitt. You can't. Because against Pitt, you're like, man, that offense isn't going to score. It doesn't. I mean, it's not going to, it's annoying, but it's not going to cost them a game. It can cost you a game against Clemson. And that's the difference. And so it, it really comes down to, and, and I don't care who it is. This isn't me advocating for this player or that player. I don't care if it's Jaden Thomas. I don't care if it's Rico Flores. I don't care if it's Holden Stace. I don't care if it's Chris Tyree, Tobias Merriweather. You know, uh, pick a guy. I don't care if it's Jeremiah Love, J you know, Jadarian Price. It doesn't matter. It does it, It's an, it, you just need guys to step up. The one guy that I will say has to be that guy is Sam Hartman. Th yes. He needs to step up. But your your positions that are known strengths have to be strengths. Like your running backs have to play well in this game. Your tight ends have to play well in this game. And then, then the receivers can be complimentary. But if the receivers can step up and, and play, and I was listening to Coach Sweeney's con uh, press conference, and he said something that I don't know that Notre Dame fans necessarily – would agree with, but I think he's correct because the results don't show it. But he said the last few weeks, that unit, the receiver unit has been playing a lot better. And I believe it has. I mean, you watch the film against Pitt, you watch the film against USC, and even against Louisville, there were guys getting open against Louisville. Ball wasn't coming out, right? And then when it did come out, there were some drops. You know, you think of the Chris Tyree, you know, a drop touchdown. And, you know, um, who was it? Uh, who was I talking to yesterday? I forget who it was. Uh, oh, I remember who it was. A, a buddy of mine calls me yesterday. And he's reflecting on the Louisville game. And he's like, you know how I've always said in, in 2017 against Miami, if if Brandon Wimbush hits Equinemy St. Brown on that post route on the first drive and scores, that game's a completely different game. I think Notre Dame wins. His thing was after Cam Hart forces that fumble, it's 7 7 in the third quarter. If Chris Tyree catches that pass for a touchdown, he thinks that game turns out completely differently. I agree. Okay. The, yeah. the point is when those chances come, now you got to make those plays. And that's going to be a key in this game because they have been playing better, but this is going to be your toughest test since probably Ohio state, in my opinion, because I, because of just how good they are at corner and safety and the pressure of the moment of the game. So they got to step up. It's it's that, that unit, especially Ryan, they don't necessarily have to dominate the game. You know, that can be yeah. the run game, the tight ends, the backs or whatever, but they're going to have to make five or six, just really good plays in this game, at least if this team is going to win and win the way they should. I, I've always said that a coach's job is to put players in a position to make plays, right, to create a lot of one-on-one -on -one matchups.
But after you put a player in a position to make a play, it is on the player to make that play, right? Like they have to finish. You can't finish a play for a football player. You can't do that. That's where their talent and their skill set and their competitiveness now kick in. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, you are going to have to, you have to be on your P's and Q's against guys like Nate Wiggins. Like if it comes down to Jaden Thomas or Jaden Greathouse or Tobias Merriweather or whoever having to win on one-on-one against Nate Wiggins, you got to win it, right? If it beca- if it comes down to Jeremiah Trotter in a one-on-one against Audric Estime or Jadarian Price or whoever, Jeremiah Love in space, you got to make that play. You have to mm-hmm. make it. I mean, so yeah, if, if it comes down to Rocco Spindler in a one-on-one drive block situation against a Tyler Davis, Tyler Davis is way more experienced than you and he's has a much better resume than you, but you have to win, right? You have mm-hmm. to win those reps. Because the game it really is when you break it down, it's a it's a game that's won based upon who's won the most battles during the contest. Usually, right? A lot of one on one battles that decide if they win or a loss in the football field. I think Notre Dame is going to have plenty of one on one opportunities here. Because again, if I'm a defense right now against Notre Dame, why would I not play man coverage outside? Why would I not do it? Yeah. Especially when you have Nate Wiggins, right. Sheridan Jones. Like, why would I not do that? So at that point, Jaden Thomas. Tobias Merriweather, Jaden Greathouse, whoever, you got to go right. make a play, man. Go make a play. Go make – you're at Rico. Go make a play. And I think Ryan, they can. Ryan, let me ask you this. Well, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Because yeah. you talk about the, the playing man. In the last two games, who's the guy in the past game right now that the, the Clemson defense is going to be like, we got to make sure we're keyed in on that well, guy? That, that, that's what I was going to say when you were talking about Joe Allen's comment. I was like, if I am no, if I'm Clemson right now or any opposing defense – I don't even know the numbers of the Notre Dame wide receivers. We're just going man to man across the board well, and saying, like, dude, but there's come one. beat us. To me, Four. there's one. It's Chris, which right. even adds to your point. Their safeties are going to be zero on, on four down to the uh-huh. run game. That's right. the point that I'm making. Like, if there's any receiver, yeah. you're like, we got to make sure we're counting for him. It's Chris Tyree, which right. it only enhances the chances that you're going to get those one-on-ones on the outside. That's that's right. my point. Because if there is anybody in the pass game, the Clemson is going to be like, we can't let that guy go. It's going to be Chris Tyree. I mean, he's yep. he's your leading receiver in yards in this game, and no one's really close to him. He's your best big play weapon, and that's something Clemson cannot allow to happen, and he's made big plays in each of the last two games. And look, when you're a defensive coach, you're going to watch the Louisville game and be like, yeah, he dropped that ball, but you're going to be like, but the dude smoked the Louisville DB to get open for that. Right. And then so you're going to you're going to have awareness for number four, which only adds to the fact that if Clemson's the, the threats that Clemson does think exist in the past game, they're going to have watched Holden Stace go for 100 yards against NC State. They're going to know how much Notre Dame likes to use the tight ends. They're going to know right. that Chris Tyree is your best big play weapon and they know they're going to need to stop the run game. Ryan, where's all that located in the numbers? Right. Yeah. In like hashes. That's where Clemson's focus is going to be. And Notre Dame's going to have to find ways to get the ball outside of that. And when it comes to make plays, yeah. it's going to be so well, I mean, important. What, what's good when right now is like Wiggins against 83 or five or a- any number 19, that you throw out there. 17, it's, right. It's a win. Right. It's a win. It's a win. Right. It's kind of like the interior defensive line conversation I talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Right now, if I'm Wes Goodwin and I'm this defensive step, I'm like, that's a win. Whoever our corners are against, it's a win. We're going to win that, that matchup. And if you're and able you to get them out of that zone, it. yeah, exactly. You got to make exactly. them pay for it. And if you That's do, right. then Notre Dame is, has, is, has a very good chance to win the football game. They have a very good chance. If the if receivers to play to their ability, Ryan, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. That's why I started talking. Oh, no, I was done. Talk, I was done. Finished with, okay. Oh, no, I, no, I was done. Yeah. If the receivers play, the base, it's as simple as this the receivers have to play their best game of the season against a good team. Not not their best game of the season because like I'm not expecting them to have like a 75 yard touchdown on this series, a 76 year on a, you know I'm not talking about that. They got to play their best game of the season, and if they do, that's how this game isn't close. That's the only way this game isn't close, in my opinion, unless Clemson turns it over a bunch, which is certainly possible. That's the way that to me they go out there and win this game without needing the turnovers and those type of things. That's the way they go out and put this team away. That's the way that this Notre Dame team shows the rest of college football. Hey. We are big time because what's the one sure. part of this football team right now? There's only one. There's only one part of this football team that te- that that opponents are going to look at and say that part of their team's not good. They're not going to say the offensive line's great, but they're going to still say the offensive line's good, right? Sure. It, it, it's good. It's not great. Yeah. It's just just good. 
it's the receiving core. If that part of your team finally steps up, I, I, this Notre Dame team is going to be really hard to beat. They they are. That that's the yeah. final missing piece to me to this football team really exploding is that group right there. Last week got off to a rough start, but they rebounded really nicely. Chris Tyree made some big plays to buy, and, and including special teams. Ty, uh, Chris Tyree, or I mean, uh, Tobias makes a big play. Rico Flores makes a huge mistake early, rebounds it. And that's what I love about Rico. He made a terrible play. And that, that interception is on him, just like the interception against Louisville is on him. But it didn't phase him. He still came yeah. out blocking his butt off the next series. And then he, when he gets his ne- the next chance he gets to go make a play, he makes it. He catches it wide open. That's not the part that I like. It's the weaving and the, the making plays after the catch that you don't, you know, that you look at and say that he caught that ball, what, 15, 20 yards downfield? It was a 60 yard gain, right? And, and it's that type of stuff. You're only going to get about, to me, against this secondary, about four or five chances at best where you're just going to be open. Right. And Sam's got to find those guys and they've got to make those plays because chunk plays are going to be a part of it. And, you know, we could have gone. You know, you got to get big plays and all that kind of stuff. But it's more to it than that. It's not even just about you need big plays. Of course you do. But the big plays are going to come from your skill players stepping up and saying, we got this. And as we finish up, Ryan, it all starts. All the receiver tight end, it all starts. Number 10's got to be that dude in this game. Yes. This is the game. This is what you brought him here for, right? When we started talking about when they got Sam Hartman, what's the first thing we said? This The Clemson game. You put that run game with him and what he did to Clemson, and this is what they could be. Well, we haven't seen that team. This is your chance to kind of to to finish on a very strong note at Notre Dame. We'll see if you can do yep. it. I hope so. I mean, and so those are the keys to victory for Notre Dame's offense against a very salty, very good Clemson Tiger defense. We're going to move to the Notre Dame keys to victory on the defensive side of the football next. Before we do, hit that like button for us. Subscribe to the podcast, notification bell. Make sure to share this podcast, of course. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.